The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 818, you're tuned to WGNS again on this Friday morning. And this morning we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra. And Jay McNulty is with us today, along with Ray Singer. And again, uh, we haven't said it yet, but Jane McNulty is the CEO of the Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra. And then, uh, Ray, you are the head of the board there, right? That is correct, Scott. So I guess, Jane, let's start off with you and tell us a little bit about the Tennessee Philharmonic. Um, we are entering our 42nd season, so we've been around Murfreesboro for a long time. Um we were our last name was the murfreesboro orchestra so some people might remember us that way but we went through a name change but we are a professional orchestra right here in murfreesboro tennessee and how important is you know music in general to a community you know it's hard to describe through words i mean from our children through our seniors, music serves as a source of wellness, it's brain development, it's uh, joy, it's um, relaxation and peace, it, it's everything. And to have a quality orchestra right here in our hometown is amazing. And music is one of those things that brings people together, I would say, unlike just about anything else. Absolutely, because we all have memories of music. We we hear a song and, and it and it evokes feelings and memories and, and normally in a life situation we are sharing it with a couple hundred other people. So we, we get to know them better that way. And Ray, who is the board chair, what got you involved with the orchestra? You know, Scott, when I retired, well, early retired, just a few years before I was ready, I was looking at a way to um, serve the community uh, and just give back to an area that I was raised. And uh, my major in college, I was one of the early rim majors at MTSU, so it gave me a chance to go back to uh, some of my music roots, more on the business side. I don't play any instruments, and I sure don't sing. <laughs> 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 but it was it was a nice way for me to reconnect with uh, Murfreesboro and uh, and just give back. And the orchestra season it officially kicks off November eighth, I believe. November eighth, and we are thrilled to be doing another veterans uh, concert. This is honoring the defenders of freedom, and this year we will be doing this concert at the View at the Fountains of Gateway, and we're so excited to be doing a different venue for this concert. Now, will all the concerts, uh, you know, coming up, will they all be there at the Fountains? No. <laughs> Our, everything's a little mixed up this year. So the Veterans Day is at The View. Our Christmas concert on December 1st, that's still at Bel Air Baptist. Valentine's concert, that's back at The View on February 13th. And then our two remaining, the Excellence Award concert and the Spring Spectacular, are both back at Bel Air. So if somebody listening wants to be a part of that, if they want to get tickets for the upcoming season, what do they need to do? And is there like a ticket package for all the concerts? There is. Season tickets are still available for all five concerts. It's $125. And you can do either TNPhil, and that's P-H-I-L dot org, or you can call 615 898 one eight six two 
Um, you can get individual concert tickets or season tickets. Now, of those who make the orchestra happen, those who play in the orchestra, we're talking professional musicians. We're talking professional, highly professional. Everyone's, uh, most of our musicians play in other orchestras. This is this is their life's passion and work, and they are very skilled and talented musicians. You know, I, I can't imagine playing in the orchestra because you're talking about practice, I bet you all the time for a lot of them. For a lot of them, for our orchestra, uh, you'll be even more impressed because we don't have full-time musicians. They come in contracted for each concert, and so we send them the music six to eight weeks ahead of time, and they get two rehearsals, so they come to the rehearsal music note. And I, I find that mind-boggling. Well, they're they, expected to show up. They show up and they ready, are ready to go. To, uh, yes. So, uh, they, yeah, I bet they practice a lot. <laughs> you know, with a regular job that most folks have, they, they go to work, then they go home, and they're able to do whatever they want to. But for musicians, it seems like a lot of them, they're playing late into the evening hours in addition to playing during the day. I mean, there's just a, a lot of work that goes into that no matter what you do in music. I think when it, you know, with musicians, it's a passion. And so, you know, uh, there's the argument, if you're doing what, what you're passionate about, it's not really work. And I think a lot of uh, full-time musicians do other things. They teach, they perform, they, you know, they're, they're kind of out and about doing all things music. And when you look at music within our local school system, what are you seeing? Because I know sometimes the, the orchestra, they'll visit different schools. We have a, and, and Ray can speak a little bit more to this, we have an ever-growing music program with the symphony. We are going to um, many schools every month. We try to hit every school, Murfreesboro County and city, throughout the 10 months of the school year. Um, Donna Wehofer, who is our director of music, is thriving she's working with steam programs she hits every second grader <laughs> she can <laughs> she can find through the school year but she does an instrument petting zoo and um, this has been one of ray's passions with this orchestra is to get our education program strong and viable now i, I think ray i think i heard you talking about that instrument petting zoo before what how did that get started where's the idea behind that that made that grow you know, that, that's long before my time, uh, I, and i got to admit, I initially didn't understand what a petting zoo was, and it's exactly what what you would think, or, uh, you know, I don't know why I was averse to that, but it's literally hands-on touching the instruments and seeing how they're, uh, they're intricately put together and operate inside and out and gives the students a chance to actually play some things and, uh, you know, kind of develop their own talents. And for those listening who have kids, I'm sure y'all have been into a music store at some point. And if you have with kids, they love trying to play every instrument in the music store. They are so tactile. And it's it's just a, a really nice and fun way for them to get involved. And where do y'all see the orchestra in the future? Do you see a future permanent home for the orchestra? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Go ahead and take that one, Ray. <laughs> that can be answered in so many ways over the last several years, but the, the, the short answer would be yes, but not just the orchestra. Murfreesboro and Middle Tennessee needs a venue. We're, we're lacking that, and we need a venue 
for 1,000, 1,500 people that uh, houses not just the symphony, but is able to, uh, uh, for plays and for other uh, uh, arts events and musical events to take place here. We really don't have a home. So there's a lot of people on a lot of different fronts really exploring that um, and trying to make that come to fruition. And of course, we've heard talks of uh, a live entertainment venue coming to Murfreesboro on Medical Center Parkway. Then we've also heard the idea of having a, an outdoor concert venue near where Cannonsburg is today. But there are a lot of discussions going on about musical venues. Yes, well, and it's timely. I mean, it, it like Ray said, we, we it is time. I mean, we we perform in beautiful and 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 churches and the view and places are being very generous with us and letting us perform, but. You know, we're an orchestra of 50 musicians. We need space and and um, at least 1,500 seat capacity. Would the, uh, I guess, the season change if we were to have here in Murfreesboro an outdoor concert venue? Absolutely. Now, for us, outdoor is a little bit challenging because the conditions have to be right with the instruments. So that one's, you know, it has to be covered and it has to be, you know, temperatures with, with uh, especially with string instruments. So that's a little bit more challenging with us. But an indoor venue would definitely be something that would obviously draw a lot of people. Oh, 100%. You know, I think if there was a place you always knew where you could find the orchestra or cultural events, um, it would make all the difference. Hey, and... Are there any ideas in place to get a grant in order to help pay for something like that? That's been approached several times and uh, and been received very uh, welcomely, uh, welcoming, I guess, uh, by some of the different um, people involved in political uh, arenas as well as uh, the people that uh, do offer grants. So we've we've had uh, you know land is obviously the the other issue. Got to find a place to put that. Uh, so there's just a lot of moving parts there, but uh, absolutely. Again, this morning we are talking about the Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra right here in Murfreesboro, and we have with us CEO Jane McNulty and Board Chair Ray Singer. Uh, what would you tell somebody new to Rutherford County about music and the arts here in our community? That there is so much, and you have to kind of dig around for it. I was talking with someone yesterday that we don't, quite yet have one clearinghouse like we used to have a, a a newspaper that was you know that everyone took to find out everything but there there are small museums there are art exhibits at the um, center for the arts there's a lot of things going on you just have to look maybe at the the chamber website and other calendars around but whatever you're seeking we have it um and 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 again, we have a first-rate orchestra right An here. An exceptional quality. Yeah, very in, good quality. In all of the arts. Mm -hmm. And again, coming up, the season, November 8th is when that starts. And that very first concert, again, that's going to be at the Fountains. That's going to be at the upstairs at the View, yes. And it's a full wind orchestra, which is the first time this symphony has done a full wind orchestra. And it's it's an orchestra without strings, but more more trumpets and more clarinet, clarinets and, and saxophone. It's a big celebratory veterans concert. And you can buy tickets for the whole season. And again, tell us where we can find those tickets. Um, well, first, let me say that the veterans concert is also free for veterans. And we will be displaying photos of veterans. So if there's a veteran out there that has a photo in uniform, if you want to go onto the website, tnphil.org, and send that or, or call, um, we'd love to have your photo. But you can go on to, again, tnphil.org and get a season ticket or a concert ticket. 
Um, and again, veterans are free for the veterans concert, or you can call 615-898-1862. Sounds good. And, and Jane, I'm curious, you know, when you look at the size of Rutherford County and you look at how fast it's growing, how do we compare it to other communities across the nation for our size and having an orchestra like what we have? You know, COVID took a big hit on orchestras. We lost, I don't know, 30% of orchestras in communities of our size. And so we are very proud that we not only survived COVID, but we're thriving um, and we operate uh, financially, fiscally responsible, you know, um, I, we're doing really, really well. We have, we have a lot of musicians that want to play with us and conductors that want to stand in front. So we're in good shape. And of course, in the next 10 to 15 years, supposedly Rutherford County's population will grow to around 500 plus thousand, which is hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's another reason we need a place. We all need mm -hmm. a place to gather for the arts. It's, I, you know, I know that there's a lot of other things being built it's all a matter of priorities in such a fast-growing community, but we cannot underestimate the value of the arts. And when you look at places like Nashville, they've got, of course, the Skimmer Horn, but they also have TPAC and quite a few other venues as well where orchestras could play. Yes, but our parking's free. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and easy. You know, we're accessible here. We're, our ticket price is, is reasonable, and we're accessible, and we have the, the quality that you're going to see at the Skirmer Horn, um, but without the, I don't want to say the hassle. But, you know, we can save you that drive to Nashville We Nash can save back. you the drive, and it's free parking. <laughs> and, and guess, uh, my thought was, you know, if Nashville can have this great structure like the Skimmerhorn, why couldn't that happen in, in Murfreesboro and no Rutherford County? There's no reason. There's there's absolutely no reason. We you know we just need to pull ourselves together and make it happen. Uh, sounds good. And again, if anybody would like to learn more, where can they go to do that? Our website is tnphil.org. You can find tickets, you can find concert information, um, or you can call 615-898-1862. All right. Is there anything we left off this morning? We are also going to be out at the Stones River Battlefield on September 30th at 1 o'clock. We have a brass quintet. It's a lovely afternoon of music. Um, so uh, we hope that you would join us for that one as well. You know, and, and those little events like that are, are a great way to introduce a lot of folks to music if they're not involved in that scene yet. And it's a, it's a beautiful place. You're out on the battlefield. You hear these, these, these wonderful horns playing um, great music. So, yes, on the 30th at 1 o'clock at the battlefield. And if you look at different battles over the years in history, I mean, music was that one thing, that one relief that so many they were able to, to, I don't know, feel again through it. Yes. History tells us that over and over, that music was very important. Again, with us today, Jane McNulty and Ray Singer. And we've been talking about the Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra. And once more, the website? TNPhil.org. Sounds good. And again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Time right now, 833. Stay with us. We have more news and information coming up. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street, across from the tall NHC building. We've expanded our store. We've increased it about 600 square feet. We would just be very excited for everybody to come check us out. Proceeds from sales benefit Greenhouse Ministries, a faith-based nonprofit serving the underserved here in Murfreesboro. We were able to put merchandise into our store that we previously haven't had displayed. Maternity clothes, scrubs, activewear, pajamas. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. 
Middle Tennessee football fans, are you ready to score big? We have an unbeatable ticket offer that will blow your mind. Experience the thrill of the game with sideline reserved seats for only $24 or end zone reserved seats for just $18. Join us inside Floyd Stadium for an unforgettable home MTSU football game. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to witness our favorite local team in action. Get your tickets now and be a part of the excitement. Head to GoBlueRaiders.com slash tickets to purchase yours and secure your spot at the game. Go Blue Raiders! Adams Price has been a wonderful place. I'm Greg Shannon. I ride a bike, so I keep my bike on the patio. It's easy to get in and out and water aerobics. And then they have stretch and balance to help you because us old people, we fall a lot. So she's trying to teach us how to keep from falling and to, you know, protect yourself and be careful and be smart, you know. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Call Adams Place today at 615-904-9111. CBS News Brief. We should know soon which plants the auto workers will strike if they don't see new progress on a new deal this morning. This union member is picketing outside the Stellantis factory in Toledo. His message to the big three CEOs. We want to be able to have a life that we can appreciate supplied by you because we supply the workforce, the quality, and the profits that you dream of. Republicans are split on passing a budget that would avert a government shutdown October 1st. I think the path forward is pass a dadgum budget like we're supposed to do. I have red lines and mine are no funding for the war in Ukraine. A tropical system is likely to become tropical storm Ophelia soon with landfall tomorrow in the North Carolina coast. Odyssey, New York, meteorologist Craig Allen says rain and storm surge are the big concerns. There is a flood watch in effect for portions of the Carolina coastline on up into lower sections of Virginia through today and into tonight. CBS News Brief. I'm Peter King. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.38. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning. And today is the 22nd of September. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about the Red Cross and a blood drive that is coming up, I believe, what, next week? That's it. Next uh, next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at Campus Recreation. And Ray Wiley and also with us today, Jenny Williams. And then I didn't even write your name down. I know you just told me, and I just looked at your name tag. Gene Baker with Gene the American Baker. Red Cross. <laughs> I, I should have remembered that. So tell us a little bit about what is coming up. This three-day blood drive uh, that we host each year at Campus Recreation is uh, an annual challenge between MTSU and WKU to collect as much blood possible during those three days. And we're just really excited to be hosting this again for the 13th year. So 13th year, and uh, now WKU, that's roughly 100 miles away from MTSU, right? Yes, that is. And for years, it's been known as 100 miles of hate because we're so competitive with that school, uh, been in conferences, uh, athletic conference uh, with each other, and want to win everything that we do against them. But this year, it has been re- the blood drive has been retitled 100 miles of hope. 
and it, it just signifies the importance of giving blood and how both communities uh, end up being winners for collecting as much blood possible to help others in need. And Gene, when it comes to that gift of life, how important is it to have enough blood on hand throughout the year? Well, it's very important. We have to have the blood on the shelf when something happens and uh, when there's a need. We can't go out and get it after the fact. So um, what happened recently uh, when Idalia, Hurricane um, Idalia slammed into the southeast, um, it, it all led to widespread power outages, travel ha- hazards, and flooding. But the storm also forced the cancellation of over a, of dozens of blood drives. And um, this compounded for a shortfall of about 30,000 donations in August. So we're ca- playing catch up. Um, in this country every day we need about 33,000 units of blood every day in this country to meet our need i meet our demand and so uh especially um with this drive coming up with uh, the mtsu drive it is a sickle cell designated drive uh and and um Ray will tell you what all the uh, the gifts we uh, were giving away to each donor because of that. But individuals with sickle cell disease may depend on frequent blood transfusions, needing as many as 100 units of blood per patient each year. And patient uh, also patients undergoing cancer cancer treatments often require blood or platelet transfusions transfusions during their treatments. So um, this blood uh, this blood drive um, really has an impact on our regional supply. You know, when you look at other countries out there, not all of them have a Red Cross that's readily available. I know there's a huge number of countries that do, but not all of them have it. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, the American Red Cross is part of a national Red Cross network, or excuse me, global Red Cross network. But yeah, as the American Red Cross, we do work with our international divisions and other Red Crosses throughout the world. Unfortunately, there's different blood regulations for each country. So our blood uh, regulations here in this country might not apply to, to, to the United Kingdom or Spain or somewhere else. Hey, and going over to Jenny Williams. Jenny, what got you involved with the Red Cross? Well, my husband is a uh, leukemia survivor and uh, when in the very beginning you know bl- uh, blood cancer he got I mean so many units of blood I wished I knew how many and one day I walked into his hospital room and there was this bag of yellow stuff and I said what is that and he said it's platelets because le- leukemia um, I'll give you just a short thing it it It's immature white cells that crowd out red blood cells, which give you oxygen and therefore energy, and platelets, that's for clotting. So a lot of cancers um, that people have, they they require, uh, still require transfusions and platelets. He does it now. He was diagnosed in 96 and got on a miracle drug from MD Anderson Cancer Center. So he went into remission, and it's been a long time. But I told him, I said, one of us needs to start giving back so i started donating blood and i was probably in my maybe i might have was probably in my 40s <laughs> i was always scared you know? <laughs> so as the wife of somebody going through something a, a medical crisis if you would you might not be thinking about the red cross whenever they're receiving blood at the time but after they start to heal what what are some of the thoughts that you in particular had about the donation of blood well, you know, I want everybody to donate blood. I mean, 
it's sometimes we have, I mean, we have a lot of shortages of blood, yes. even in, in different areas of the country, like, you know, uh, storm-ridden, you know, it's part summer. of this. Yeah. Summer. And, oh, summer. Yeah, people get, you Doing know, other, other things, things on their minds. Yeah. yeah. Now, I talked my sister into giving blood. So we we spot you know you can genus our man that with the american red cross that schedules all the blood drives and he um our church is trying to get back into doing blood drives and i talked to my sister we'd like to get what 30 units per per drive mm-hmm. and uh, if you think you can get 30 units per drive call gene baker <laughs> he'll want to sign he'll want to sign up for your blood drive and they do an excellent job of uh supporting and getting the information on where the blood drive is um but i talked my sister to give him blood and she's 69 years old and i kept looking i gave my blood first and then i kept looking at her giving her a thumbs up and she was fine you know she said oh yeah i'm doing good you know and afterwards she said i don't know why i haven't done this before that was a piece of cake and she said i'm gonna do it again now she's hooked gene yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. now, now gene I, I know you said summer is one of those really big times where I, I guess a lot of counties a lot of areas are short on blood supplies but during the summer not only are you short on blood supplies for helping out victims of accidents and whatnot but you're also helping out people who are going through those treatments of things like cancer and leukemia even though there's already a short supply so how do you meet the need well we usually it's called a critical appeal so we'll make extra efforts in in the ask Um, we'll do different things a lot of times we give away some promotional items but there's more awareness and it really donating blood is as simple um, if you're unable to donate blood, simply, and there's medical reasons or medication reasons or travel reasons, ask someone else to take your place. Um, we notice the biggest reason people don't donate other than fear is no one asks them. And that's, that's, that's a big thing. Like Jenny asked her um, sister. sister. Her sister wouldn't have done it if Jenny didn't ask her. So that's, we we urge you, if you're unable to, which 62% of the population is unable to due to medical reasons or travel reasons, you still have a seat at the table. Ask somebody else to take your place. So what we do in the summer, due to vacations, school's out, we we make more asks. We give away some things. Ray's going to share with you what we're giving away for this great drive coming up. For every donor, they get some nice things. Um, but we do do things like that to really make. But it's about awareness. People have to know how short we are and how much we need it. And you got to ask them. Then then the light bulb goes off. Are there ever times where the Red Cross gets calls from hospitals and they say, you know, we're not sure what we're going to do because we are dangerously low on blood right now? There are times, especially with sickle cell disease, and this is the sad part, when they, their child or that child with sickle cell disease or someone that needs the treatment has to wait and they're in pain because we just don't have it on their shelves. That does happen, yes. Um, Red Cross has a vast national network, so we're, we're, a little, we're, we're in a little better position for that, but not for things that need a lot of blood at once, like sickle cell or some maybe some traumatic, some auto accidents, things. Sometimes, yeah, there's... Uh, it, it, there are chances, there are cases when it's not there, and that's that can be deadly. So, if we're low, let's say here in Murfreesboro, and, and something, you know, catastrophic occurs, and a lot of blood is needed, you're able to go to I don't know, let's say Ohio, and, and have blood from there 
yes. transferred to Murfreesboro. And, and have, have it imported in. Yes, imported in. And fortunately, um, Nashville's grown so fast that we've become kind of an importing region because we're growing faster than the blood donations are coming in. Middle Tennessee, I shouldn't just say greater Nashville. It's, uh, that, that's a challenge with a growing area. People move in, but they don't start donating blood right when they move here. So that's, that's, that can be a problem. And then, Ray, going back to you, this ongoing, uh, I guess, feud between MTSU and WKU, which, which is a, a, a big effort to bring in blood supplies and increase blood supplies. Uh, this starts, I believe, on Monday, right? It does. Next Monday at 11 o'clock, 11 to 6 for those three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. Uh, we do have uh, reserve parking out front of the rec center. We're located at 1848 Blue Raider Drive. And uh, people coming in from the community won't have to look for a parking spot because there'll be attendants out there making sure they get in. And what are some of those incentives for people coming in to donate? There are some really nice incentives this year. First of all, uh, everyone who gives or attempts to give gets a $20 Amazon gift card. A free t-shirt custom uh, t-shirt free sports clip haircut also they get uh, a chance to enter into a VIP trip for two to a, NASCAR, a future NASCAR event plus uh, MTSU athletics is given away a couple of game tickets uh, for a future f- home football game so when you're putting all this together for this annual blood drive what are people in the community telling you and are they calling on you to say hey i want to be a part of it this year absolutely we we get a tremendous amount of support and the reason that i enjoy doing this drive every year is because it we see it bring out the best of our local community but also the mtsu community our students faculty staff they all rally around this drive and we're, we're just amazed each year how many of them turn out uh, we have a lot of first-time donors, don't we, Gene? Yes, yes, we do, especially in high schools and colleges. Um, our most important segment is first-time donors, and we do have a lot. We want to make sure it's a good experience for them so they do it their whole life. Hey, and, Gene, with the national blood supply dropping by about 25% over the last month, how how do you go about monitoring that? Because you're talking about something that's ever-changing. I mean, hospitals are using it, then – it's, it's got to be confusing. It's monitored daily. We like to keep a four and five day supply on hand. Blood does have a 42 day shelf life. So it's not like we can stock up like a big warehouse full and, and ride for months. It has to be a steady daily supply. So with a shelf life like that, if, if we get down to one or two day supply, it becomes critical. And we it's, it's monitored, obviously, daily. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, th- this is. Uh, one of those times where the summer has hit us, the hurricanes hit us, and as we know, we're getting into more, seems like more natural disasters every year. And that, it's not that people might not need blood for that hurricanes, any anything that happened in the hurricane, other than it just cancels a lot of blood drives. So yeah. when, let's say, you do have an overabundance of donations and you're getting towards the end of the life of that supply that you have, are you actively calling on other cities, other counties to say, hey, you know, we can help you out if you need anything? Yeah, our, our, our network does. It, it, it works to sometimes we can be an exporting region as well. Most certainly if there's other hard hit regions in our country and we have um, an abundance, most certainly. That's what the, the good thing about the American Red Cross is we do have a network, uh, of a national network of blood uh, blood supply so so also. when we're in need of additional blood or another area needs our blood for example 
uh, is this being transferred by plane or um that's a good question mostly a uh, courier by ground I, that's a good question i don't know specifically but um um good question i i would i all i know about is a ground you know ground transfer so and, and you know I, I guess it's interesting because you don't hear about that backstory a whole lot of of you know what happens after i give the gift of life yep most most of our blood does uh here most of this will go to our local uh hospitals that we we are contracted with uh we we have a level one trauma center obviously with vanderbilt um we have our ascension group here um so yeah we have we we supply the majority of middle tennessee's uh hospitals as a primary supplier so most of the blood um does does supply the need here in middle tennessee occasionally though as if you have the blood donor app you see where your blood goes i've seen uh, uh one or two of my donations over the years after go to missouri or maybe another state sure that, that's pretty cool so yeah. if you have that app through the red cross you're able to see after you give blood you're able to see exactly where your blood is used most certainly we have a great award-winning blood donor app just go uh, you can google red cross blood donor app it's a quick easy download and it basically if you've donated a lot of blood in the past and don't have the app it'll automatically uh, dump all of your uh, information into that app and you can track everything your units your blood type um, your blood pressure or your readings on that particular day so you can you can gauge your health uh, vitals too um, and also as I mentioned it, it lets you know where your blood goes so it's a great app that's really cool so I'm curious if for some reason they find well we can't use your blood does that show up on your app as well um it, it it will not show up as a um if you're if you're deferred that day or um you you attempt to give but your quantity is insufficient no it will not show up on the app i i'm your vitals for your health history may show up on that attempted donation uh, I'll, another good question uh but but uh once again, we we urge you to come in and try to donate whether you're deferred because we're we're very safe about this. When you come in to donate blood, we're going to check your temperature, your pulse, your blood pressure, and your iron levels. It's like a mini physical. And if you don't meet those regulations, that's okay. We're not going to let you donate because we want to make sure it's safe. But please try. Uh, please try uh, a lot of iron. If, if you have iron issues, prep for the blood, prep for your donation a couple weeks in advance, not the day before your iron pills your iron rich foods things like that if your blood pressures you know you have issues with that maybe check your blood pressure medicine because we do check all that and you're going to have to fall within our guidelines to be able to donate so we're very safe about this and then jenny when you were going through or walking beside your husband whenever he was going through treatment uh, for leukemia and then when he started getting those blood donations at what point did you step back and say well these are coming from local people right here who are donating blood you know um at first you know i wasn't even thinking about where the blood was coming from i I, I didn't really understand the process i thought the hospital just collected it i didn't know the part that american red cross uh, played in it um, and I know platelets only have a certain shelf life. My husband was studying up on that. Now, he didn't get platelets as much. But if somebody didn't have platelets, they could bleed to death or eternal bleeding. You know, that's one of those leukemia things that could happen. You know? <laughs> and I would say anybody going through something like that, they probably don't even think about that stuff until more than likely years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like one day I just said, 
You know, one of us needs to start giving back. And, you know, if you've had leukemia, you cannot give your blood. You, you would give leukemia to somebody else. But um, so I just started giving then. And that's kind of what got me into the American Red Cross. And I can't say enough good things about that app. That app will tell you where every, we could sign up for this blood drive. It tells you where every blood drive is. Is it 59 days, Gene? Every 59 days, you can give blood. Every, every 56 days, 56. Eight, week, eight weeks, you can give whole yeah. blood, yes. Um, the app will contact you and say, hey, it's time. And you know what? My last blood went to uh, Vanderbilt Medical Center. That oh, wow. was so rewarding to know yeah. that it's, it is a great app. I mean, it's so easy to use and um, easy to sign up. You can put in, like, hey, I want to do one where I live 20 miles down the road or 10 miles. It shows you everything. So I encourage people to sign up for that app. If you want to know more, um, I was just looking as Jean was talking there. I was looking down there and looking at my blood pressure, you know, what my blood pressure. And there have been times that maybe twice I've been deferred. And it scared me the first time because I said, what's wrong with me? Should I go see a doctor? It, the, they they care so much about your health that your your red blood cell count needs to be a certain point. And they said, no, no, we just want to keep you safe. And so it's higher than what you really, you know, it's a certain level. I can't remember what the level is. But, you know, they're taking good care of you and, and um, they could sure you're. And so I had, um, had Adam tell me, take Fred Flintstone vitamins, children's vitamins with iron. Because my iron is always, you know, and I get tired of eating raisins. You know, yeah. so. right. you know it's, it's really fascinating that you can now find out or get an idea of where your blood donation is actually going because years ago, like for example in the 80s, there's no way you could find out right. find out that kind of stuff. Yep. We, we love that app too because, uh, you know, you find out early on the the day after you give your blood is in testing and then uh, shortly thereafter it will pop up and show you exactly where it goes mine's been to vanderbilt children's hospital it's it's gone to alabama it's gone to kentucky different different places and, and like gene was referring to it does stay in the local area as well is there a certain blood type that you often need more of than others we we need all blood types but the o negative is the type of blood where everyone can receive it so it's the um it, it it there's no matching in emergency situations so um it is only about seven percent of the population but it's typically the most in demand because uh, once again there's no there's no matching anyone can receive o negative 84 percent of the population can receive o positive so a lot of times if the o's are in maybe a little more demand but i don't want to mislead we need all blood types so so while those o's are are i guess able to be received by a lot of people compared to the other blood types uh, those who are o positive or o negative are they able to receive just about any other type of blood or are they the hardest to receive um they're they're matching and that's a good question i might have my matching chart but they um typically oh, oh they can receive the majority of they can receive a majority of the blood from their 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 same category o's um but th that's a great question but for instance a b negative you know that's only one in 167 people have a b negative one in 167 if you are an a b negative we want you to know that and we want you to donate because when we need that, it's hard to find. So, um, but yeah, there's on redcrossblood.org, you can 
pull up the matching chart to be which which blood types can receive which type yes most certainly i just i generally say all blood types are needed especially in critical periods like now and we're already out of time but again the big bleed blue against wku mtsu versus wku the blood drive going on starting monday where can we learn more information about it we could just visit redcrossblood.org and uh, that you can make appointments. We're encouraging people to sign up and, and schedule appointments. And we look forward to having everybody come out and join us next week at Campus Recreation. Sounds great. Again, thank you all for joining us today. And that is going to do it for this morning's show. We'll post this in a podcast form on our website in just a minute. Mike Clausen, General Manager of the Middle Point Landfill. We want to continue to do everything that we can to be a great neighbor and to take care of the waste of this community responsibly, but also to start looking towards the future. Think of it like the fork in the road. There's a solution where nothing happens at Middle Point, or there's a solution where we convert Middle Point into a vibrant asset for this community and a sustainability campus, and that's what we'd like to see happen. We are Middle Point Landfill. Learn more about what we do at middlepointlandfill.com. Dot com.